Welcome to Living With, a podcast about the stories and people behind Health Union. Health Union integrates the power of human connection and technology, uniting people in the shared experiences of life with chronic health conditions. I'm Emily Downward. In 2007, April Pulliam was in her early 30s when she got a phone call that would change her life. I remember where I was sitting in my kitchen when when I got the phone call, and I can remember what the ink pen looked like. But I picked it to use to write down the name of the doctor, the dermatologist, and the uh, appointment time. I was stunned. I had heard of melanoma. I hadn't known um, too many people who had actually been diagnosed. I knew of uh, one man who was close to a teacher friend of mine who had developed melanoma from, um, it originated in a mole below his waistband. And I I can vividly remember her story of how she lost her good friend. But I was just stunned. It just like everything stopped. And then my thoughts immediately went to my kids and, you know, what that meant for them, what it was going to mean for me. And, you know, it kind of, there was kind of no doubt at that point that um, tanning was the, the cause of for me I'm fair complected and had tanned forever from the time you know that I could lay out in the sun and, and kind of mimic what my mom and my grandmother did and laid out I had I had tried to stand and so it, 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 it there was guilt there was frustration and there was a lot of fear mm. and then what happened next you you went to the dermatologist and they took out more. yeah the dermatologist um he did uh an excision, um, Tommy was going to go, he explained it very well. He explained it uh, very clearly. Tommy was going to go a centimeter around. Of course, me being a teacher, I, you know, I know a centimeter. You know, I, I, I teach measurement, you know, and I knew what a centimeter was, and I thought, that doesn't sound like that big a deal. Um, but you think about it being a centimeter around that mole, <clears throat> it was a huge spot. And he did not put me to sleep. Um he numbed it up really well, and um, I kind of, as I laid there, I faced the other way. I didn't want to watch. Well, at some point, he kind of talked through it and kept me, you know, you know, calm and engaged in conversation. And I, at some point, I turned my head to answer a question, and I got a good look at my arm. And it just was huge. It, it, the 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 surgery in progress just it was a massive hole in my arm. It seemed like it was probably about the circumference of you know a small apple as he was working on it and and getting that tissue out, but I drove myself to that surgery. I had no idea that it would be that big a deal at all and um, drove myself to the pharmacy to pick up, you know, pain medication afterward and everything, and it was just, it was traumatizing to me because I had no idea what to expect. The stitches, um, it seemed like I might have had about six inside and maybe nine on the outside. It was a long scar, left a long scar maybe about, two to three inches on my upper arm. You can still see it today. That was in 2007, but you can still see the, the thin white line that's left there. So since that time, how how has your lifestyle changed? What what changes have you made? I went from tanning, you know, from February through October and being out in the sun as much as I could and foregoing any sunscreen whatsoever to never going out without sunscreen. It's just almost a manic thing now that I, I don't go out and do yard work until late. I don't go out without sunscreen. I try to find sunscreen, you know, makeup that's got sunscreen in it and powders with sunscreen. Um, I'm just 
very, very cautious now. And um, only recently have really started to kind of preach to friends, you know, they need to be more careful and they need to watch it with these young daughters who are out and wanting to start this tanning. And it's just, it, it, there's a fear. It's, it's a, I guess it's a healthy fear now. I mean, it's, it's not a paranoia, but it's a good, healthy fear to have. Um, I've been through um, basal cell carcinoma three times since then, and I've had um, tons. I, I didn't even count. Stopped counting a long time ago. I've had tons of precancerous spots burned and you know, frozen off with uh, cryosurgery. And um, I've gone through um, topical chemotherapy treatments um, maybe four or five times now and done some spot treatments with it, which is it's a Epidex is what I use. There's several different ones, but um, it's a topical chemo. But that's that's been a huge, huge life changer too because that's that's something that drags out for weeks at a time and is extremely painful. So it's been it's been an adventure. It's been it's been life changing and it's um, been a, a real eye opener for me. Mm. Now, with the basal cell carcinomas, is that something that you found, or was that found during like regular screenings with your dermatologist? Yeah, those are things I never would have found if I weren't going um, to a dermatologist regularly. Because once I had the melanoma, I was set up on regular visits um, with the dermatologist, and will I'll have to go you know, for life regularly now. But um, eventually, I worked down to um, every six months, which is what I'm on now. But the regular visits, they would do they do body scans, you know, and check every inch of skin underneath my hair, behind my ears, um, stomach, back, bottom of my feet, between my toes. And my dermatologist found uh, just like a little scaly spot. You know, I thought it was dry skin. That's what mine has mostly looked like, were these little dry spots. And um, she'd go, well, you know, I don't like the look of this one. We're just going to, we're going to take this one about, see it, you know, and see what, what happens. So... I've had two of those on my neck, and they were literally just tiny little dry flecks of skin that would not go away. That's that's how I now know to look for them. They're little dry spots that they'll either uh, stay dry and won't go away no matter how much lotion I use, or they'll um, maybe bleed a little, but then they'll crust back over, but they'll never go away. So she found the first... Um, two of those she found one on my neck and then one on the back of my shoulder and then I found one right in the center of my neck that that was doing the same thing just a little flaky white spot that would not heal wouldn't go away lotion didn't take care of it and um kind of pointed it out to her at one of the visits and she biopsied it and they were all three basal cells so I had um Mohs surgery for all three of those April has had several Mohs surgeries, a procedure in which the cancerous tissue is removed layer by layer. While the person is still at the doctor's office, the tissue is examined under a microscope to determine if all the cancerous tissue and a buffer of healthy tissue has been removed, or if additional layers need to be taken. That's extremely frustrating to have to, have to go through, to be stitched up and think you're done and, and be hopeful and hope that you're going home and then have to be brought back in and opened up. I've only once, maybe twice, maybe two of the times, had to actually come in and lay back down and have them go around again. But um, it's helpful in that you don't have to wait a week or two to get results and then go back and have them open up a wound that started to heal, things like that. But it's, um, 
it's it's traumatic just just as the excision was it's a it's a healing process so you you talked a little bit about the topical chemotherapy it is a, it's chemo in a cream is what it is and we are told most of us that um, when you apply it say the first place I ever used it was my chest because I had tons of precancers on it um, the precancers will feel like a little grain of sand and they're little spots like I said with the basil they don't go away they're just they just stay and they don't heal and lotion doesn't take care of it well when I had a huge amount of those on my chest and I was having to get those burned off time after time my doctor finally suggested Epidex. so the cream's applied in a real thin layer on the skin and it takes for me it takes maybe three, four days to start seeing um, redness, and it just sort of feels like, in the first three or four days for me, it feels like um, a sunburn. Then it's an increasing feeling of a sunburn. And then after about a week to a week and a half, the skin gets very irritated and itchy, and um, it kind of raises up almost like it welts up. And then after the two and a half and three weeks have gone by, uh, up to four weeks, it gets raw, it's just raw and continues to burn, continues to itch. You don't want anything to touch it at all. And as long as you're putting the cream on, it's it's, it's the funniest thing. It's like a it's like a double-edged sword. The cream is what's making you feel awful. It's making you feel irritated, itchy, dry, um, tight. It sort of tightens after the cream soaks into the skin. But what begins to happen is your skin craves the cream because the cream does have a calming ingredient to it. So as long as it's on there right after application, it kind of calms your skin down. It, it makes your skin supple for a couple hours, and so you can you feel like you can move. But once it soaks in and it's, it's absorbed and your skin's dry, you get extremely tight, and your skin sort of draws together, and it, it becomes very hard to move that area. So the chest is one of the hardest places to treat for me because everything's basically attached to my chest, you know, my shoulders. That means my arms move, my chest moves. You know, if I turn uh, at the waist, that's going to move my chest. If I move my neck, that's going to pull up on that, that skin at the top of my chest. So it's extremely painful. But um, you'll start to see darker red spots. I do anyway. Dark red spots in there where all those precancers are actually rising to the surface. And it gets, um, you start looking more, um, I don't want to say you look like you have boils, but it, it almost can for some people look like you have these big uh, scabs that start to form. Once once that skin begins to um, rise up that's damaged, you'll start to get that terrible, but it, you'll get like a yellow seeping or weeping is what a lot of people call it. And that's kind of the point when the dermatologist and the nurse um, that works with him have told me that it's, it's pretty much you're, you're at the end then when your skin begins to sort of peel away and you get that yellowy, leafy, and kind of seepy look to it, you know that it, the cream's done all it's going to do. And as bad as all that sounds, the worst of it is when you stop because your skin has started to crave that cream, and when you stop giving it to your skin, it's like your skin really starts to show out then. It gets extremely painful, and that mm -hmm. entire patch of skin um begins to get very tight and very dry because you're not getting any of that calming ingredient anymore at all. That's when you can actually start to apply um, Vaseline or you can apply lotion to it. So I use um, lotions that are fragrance-free, um, don't have any dyes or anything in them at all, and I try to put that on there and just sort of keep moisturized all day long once that happens. But 
the, the area begins to get um, just a little less red after about five days into the healing process, and you'll start to see that skin want to peel away. Mm-hmm. And then it takes up to takes me up to about a good two weeks, maybe after the healing, to get all that skin off. And that entire area where you have applied the cream in, anywhere that it was affecting, it'll stay red. It's brand new skin. All the dead skin's gone. All the precancers are gone. And you get this nice, new, smooth, you know, skin, but it stays pink. So it takes several months for the redness to go away. There's a long list of side effects that go with, with Effidex. Um, I personally experience a lot of stomach upset that's very uncomfortable for about the first week and a half, you know, maybe even up to two weeks into it, depending on how large of an area that I'm treating. And there's a, a sense of just complete energy loss. That's usually from the get-go in the first two to three applications. I'm just overwhelmingly just tired, have no energy whatsoever. Um, I have an appetite loss through a, a great part of it. Um, it's it's a, it's a very, very difficult, debilitating treatment. And, you know, it's not necessarily with long-lasting effects as if you were doing infusions, but it's something that you do not want to have to go through and you, you don't want to have to try to work and deal with it too. I, I do that with my, my chest and I try to keep it covered through the fall with turtlenecks or scarves, but towards the end of it, you don't want anything to touch that skin yeah. because it's so painful and you, you want to be able to just sit at home with that area open you know, to the air and just sit and not move. But um, for most people, you can't do that. You can't. Most people can't quit work to, to do that treatment and to go through the effects of it until that skin's healed and you're ready to go back to work. So it's difficult just all the way around, but it's worth it because it cuts down the amount of burning and freezing the doctor has to do, and it definitely cuts down on you know spots that that they might cut you know if they're suspecting that it is a precancerous spot. So. I had tons and tons of cryosurgery before my doctors um, suggested Effidex. I had a, di- a different dermatologist in the beginning, and she was more apt to do the cryosurgery, which is the, the freezing. And I have lots of white scars from that, and I would much rather have been told years ago to try the Effidex to get rid of those spots than to do the cryosurgery. But How many times have you done the, the, the chemotherapy? The chemo, um, I've treated my chest three times um and i've done my face from my nose um across my cheeks and then my across the chin i did that once and then i what i call spot treated because it's not a very large area i've treated my lips um two spots on my top lip and one on my bottom lip and my temple that was during one session and then i did um my temple few months earlier, my, my opposite temple, a few months earlier. So altogether, say, maybe five, six times over the last um, about four years. So it's been yearly. It's been yearly for a while. Wow. I, I imagine doing your lips must be so hard because to talk or uh, eat. Yeah, I did a lot of using straws to drink, you know, uh, all day long and not not very big bites. You know, when I would get into the worst of it there at the very end. So, mm. you know, it was painful. It wasn't nearly as painful. And probably more traumatizing was doing my face. I treated it during the summer while I wasn't in school. And it was just 
horrible. Um, you can't. You get to the point when your face gets dry and you're not putting any creams or anything on it during treatment, and you just kind of have to let that cream dry through the day. I couldn't move. Like I could not talk. Um, could barely move my mouth. You know, to to talk to my kids. To you know, to communicate with anybody. Couldn't talk to anybody on the phone. It just and any movement felt like your whole face would crack. Same thing with your chest. It, when it dries out, it just feels like any movement is just going to split your chest wide open. It's just an extremely, extremely uncomfortable situation all the way around. A photographer friend of April's asked her to participate in a video on the dangers of tanning. The timing of the filming coincided with the treatment of topical chemo Effudex on her face. After that experience, April thought of even more she wanted to share, so she posted her own video on YouTube of her experience. There were things that I, I felt like I had forgotten to say in the video because she kind of had me talk off the cuff there in front of the camera and sort of piece it together. And and once I went back and watched it, when she sent it to me, I thought, oh, I forgot to say this. I forgot to warn people about this. I don't think I said enough about sunscreen. And so I just kind of came home and sat down and just did one myself, did did a few takes, and then decided, well, you know, I'm just going to go on and post it because the other one's coming out anyway. People are going to see my face. And my friends hadn't seen my face. They'd seen pictures, isolated pictures I'd taken of my chest. And they'd seen isolated pictures I'd taken of just, you know, the bottom part of my face. I'd... I post those, you know, pretty regularly when I'm treating to kind of get some of my friends who still tan on board with the sunscreen and out of the tanning beds. And I, I just decided I was going to go for it and show them, you know, that this this is now what I'm limited to while I'm treating. I can't talk, you know, I can't can't move, I can't, you know, smile, I can't do any eating. Is just, you know, excruciating and. Uh, I wanted people to see. I just wanted them to see, you know, what what was down the road for, you know, so many of us if we if we don't get smarter about the sun. Mm. And what impact has that video had in your community? Um, I have friends who have seen it and you know commented that it's it's completely changed their thinking. And I had people who I have kind of I know them but they're not necessarily friends of mine they commented on the video and told me just point blank flat out that's it and I'm finished not going back to the tanning bed um I can remember one lady's face in particular um she commented on the video and she said you know I've tanned for so this many years and she said I've never thought a thing about it and she said, I'm done. She said, you know, I'm going to go and you know, get the money back on my visits or I'm just, I'm done, not going back anymore. And um, I thought that was pretty amazing because she, she was actually a little older than, than I am and probably had tanned for as long or longer than I had tanned. And um, not that long ago, back in the spring, actually, my kids and I were in the grocery store and one of the young cashiers, who's probably just a little bit older than my daughter, who's 15, uh, she looked at me and she said, are you on YouTube? And I just kind of looked at her and it, it just <laughs> took me a minute to think, you know, like I, I don't have a YouTube channel, but I'm, uh, oh, I know what she's talking about. She's talking about the YouTube video that my friend made. And I said, yeah. She said, you're talking about tanning, right? And I said, yeah. She goes, I don't do it anymore. She said, once I saw that video, she said, I was finished. She said, I'm not going back. She said, she said, that, that changed me. 
And that, that was pretty amazing to me that, that a young person would be changed from it because it's hard to convince a teenager that they're doing anything wrong, you know, or that, that you know, they're going to end up anything like us adults. But that was just amazing to me. And even if it just, I've just affected those two people and changed their minds, that's two people who aren't going to have, you know, as big of a chance of going through the topical chemo or, the, you know, basal cell surgeries and having to sit through Mohs and things. So, it's it's worth it to have put that horrifying image of myself out there. And it is horrifying. It, it horrifies me when I look back at it, too. Mm. Well, personally, I don't think it's horrifying so much as very moving. And it, well, it's, yeah. It was very that's, impactful. That's another way of looking at it. I know a lot of people who have looked at it and like, they're like, I can't. You know, it's just, it's, it's too sad. It's too, and it is. But I did, I did come back after that and do another one after I had, um, started to heal a little bit you know I came back and did a really short one on my own Facebook page and, and showed him you know that it was getting better I could actually smile at, at a certain point and it's it's pretty it's pretty moving to see um a before image and then an, a during and an after image to just to, to see that it does heal and it does get better and those spots do go away that, that's another thing when you can see that that spot is pulled to the surface and you can actually see that it's darker and it's redder and it's more scabbed there. And then you can see when you're finished that that spot's gone. It's like, Oh, completely worth it to not have had to have surgery on that spot. So. Mm. Being a part of skincancer.net, what mm. is, what is that like for you and how has it impacted your experience? Oh, it's being a part of skincancer.net. It's, it's just been wonderful. Um, the, the chance to be able to to have a venue to say the things that, that I'm feeling that I know other people are feeling. I know there's somebody else out there who is, you know, feeling that same panic about even something as simple as doing that yard work, knowing it has to be done, but it's sunny, and, you know, I've got to get it done, and I've got this timeline, but I've got to get it finished, or we're going on this vacation. How am I going to deal with the sun? It's the same I know they're feeling the same thing. They they have to be. If I'm feeling it, somebody else is feeling that same thing. And for me to be able to sit down and moderate comment, comments and talk to somebody who's having those same fears and kind of alleviate some of their fears or share what I try that helps me, even if it doesn't, it's not a cure-all, but it's something that I try. Or if, you know, I sit down and write an article about an experience that I've had, I know that there's at least one other person out there or two or three other people who who feel the same way or who've had those same fears. So it's just been a wonderful experience. And it's been a great experience to connect with people and get advice from people who um, have been going through it longer to be able to, to learn from their experiences too and to see the strength that these people have too. It's just, it's been amazing. Mm-hmm. What What is one thing that having skin cancer has taught you about yourself? I guess it's taught me that I needed to, I needed a wake up call and that I'm not immune. You know, you, you think, you know, you're, you're immune to so many of these other things. You see people who have various problems as you're growing up and various situations that they deal with. And you think, Oh, that's not going to happen to me. That's not going to happen to me. It's taught me that I'm, I'm no different than anybody else who makes, you know, makes some bad decisions and, Melanoma and the other, all the other skin cancers, they can happen to anybody, absolutely anybody. And 
I'm one of those antibodies that it hit, you know, and, and it hit because I made, I did make some bad choices. I know that I increased my chances and that I made some decisions in not taking care of my skin for so many years and having a predisposition anyway to basal cell. My mom and my grandfather both had basal cell, you know, as, as I was growing up and I was the first to have melanoma, but I know that I likely increased my chances greatly by, by not using sunscreen. I guess it just taught me that I'm, I'm no different than anybody else and I'm not, there's no way that I'll ever look at myself as invincible again, you know, kind of brought me down, brought me down to earth. Mm. So you talk a lot about <clears throat> the things that you did that probably increased your risk of developing skin cancer. Mm-hmm. How do you forgive yourself for not knowing back then? I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's a matter of forgiveness. Um, I do carry that guilt. Uh, I feel I don't know that I say I feel guilty. I feel stupid. I don't think I feel guilty. I think I just feel really stupid when I look back at it because um, I burned. I didn't tan, which was which was the dumbest of all of it. The the dumbest thing that that I see when I look back at it. I didn't tan because I'm very fair, and you know started out life very fair and a little freckled. And my hair is like a strawberry blonde. So, of course, I'm one of those people who's going to be prone to sunburn. And I actually just burned year after year after year after year. And after a while, my skin kind of got conditioned to it. And once I started tan beds, I I started to kind of have a little brown tint to my skin. But it was never that dark, rich tan. And it was just a kind of a stupid thing for me to continue to do. Um, It's one of those things I look back at, and I'm just, I'm more embarrassed of myself and the decision I made as far as, you know, trying to tan and just kind of not getting anywhere, but then ended up with the skin cancer as a result. Um, well, no, I don't know that you ever really forgive yourself. I think you just have to kind of move on past it and go, this is where I am now. Let's take care of it from here on out. It was just me making a really, really stupid decision all those years get past it and and you you try to help people make a better decision by giving them the facts that's kind of the, the route that I'm going now and here are the facts here's what you can do you can use self tanners I've, I've kind of been on that bandwagon lately with friends who who look at me and go you know I don't want to give up tanning but I know how about it's been for you you know they'll ask me like what do you recommend and so I've tried to kind of research some self tanners that are that are health, a healthy option you know for a tan if that's what they really want how do you share or show your kids now how to be safe around the sun? Once I had that melanoma diagnosis, I, I went, you know, full-on sunscreen. You know, my kids were wearing it anyway. They were really small. And I put it on them every time they went outside. Every time they got in their little kiddie pool, every time we were on vacation, you always slather them down with sunscreen. And prior to the melanoma, I put it on them and went on about my business. But once, you know, I was diagnosed and once these precancers began to appear and these basal surgeries happened, you know, I was faithful about the sunscreen. That's not something that I saw as a child. And I wanted to make sure that my kids saw me care about it for me and for them so that that's something that they would carry on and that they would 
know for themselves that it was important as well as, you know, their children in the future. Once a person has had skin cancer, they're at an increased risk for developing additional skin cancers. April's been dealing with skin cancer for the past 11 years, but she shared this good news about her health. I actually just um, went to the dermatologist and had my first visit with no prescription for Epidex, no cutting, no biopsies. That's the first one I've had, I think, since 2007. Wow. It's, it's been it's been an ongoing process every time I've gone, no matter which doctor I've seen at that clinic, I've had something biopsied or some spot frozen off or one of the two doctors telling me, yeah, let's, let's do Epidex, you know, for a few weeks and let's get rid of these spots. So first clear visit since 2007. I'd like to thank April Pulliam for sharing her story. To read April's articles or join the conversation, visit skincancer.net. You can find more health communities at health-union.com. Thank you for listening to Living With. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.